and welcome to episode five of Megan Fun of Sports. My name is Megan Connolly, and I am joined alongside the beautiful and talented Megan Gailey. And Megan, it was a big week for you. Oh yeah, big week. I'm back in Indianapolis. I just shoved part of a baby belt into my mouth, and I beat my very own beloved husband in fantasy football. Well, and this was something that I think everybody on the internet was very invested in. You tweeted it out early in the week saying that you two were playing, which that is a big week regardless, but you were playing each other in fantasy football and also traveling across the country together, right? Am I, am I wrong about that? No, we were, we were separate, which is actually for the best, um, because tensions were high. So he was back in California. I was in Chicago, rural Indiana, and now Indianapolis, um, and I had been on a skid because, as listeners may know, Patrick Mahomes is sort of the anchor of my fantasy team. And two weeks in a row, he had let me down. And if I had started Carson Wentz instead of him, I would have won. And so he was causing me to lose. And my husband had been in last place and was kind of having like a surge. We were like, I was declining. He was on the rise. We were meeting. And then I stuck with Mahomes. I believed in him. And he threw for five touchdowns. He's he's alive again. I mean, we thought he was gone. We were all ready to kill the Chiefs. And then after Sunday Night Football, we realized that Patrick Mahomes is alive and well. But my favorite part about heading into Sunday Night Football was there was a lot of pressure. Because you had Mahomes and your Mm -hmm. husband had Kelsey. Both players have been struggling. And the marriage is on the line right now. Like, who is going to win this matchup and I think the best situation would be for you to win because absolutely bragging rights and then Patrick Mahomes is back so also I worked out I'm pregnant and carrying this man's first child I mean everyone's really taking care of me I I heard a noise and I looked up my mom just threw a bag of crackers in here for me you know people I need a lot of care and so it made more sense for me to win I'm better at fantasy and he didn't Kelsey had no touchdowns he still had a good game but it just wasn't enough and it was oh my gosh it was really frightening we were texting each other we were we were going back and forth made the best person win that was obviously me and so yeah Myself and my unborn child. That's two people in this family. Two against one. It, is. it just it just made more sense for this to happen this way. How did your so now, How did your team do? Oh, I've um, I've been really struggling lately in all three of my leagues, but I got a bounce back win in my work league this past week, so I'm finally back okay. in the win column. I played my father in law <laughs> this week in the family league, and I love bragging rights against him, and he t- completely demolished me. One of the reasons that I've been getting killed is because Russell Wilson is my quarterback, so I put him on IR, which mm-hmm. I had to, and after reading all these reports about how he's been spending 19 hours a day rehabbing his finger, I thought I was in a really good position this week. I thought Russ is going to take care of me, and that did not happen, because despite rehabbing for 19 hours a day, allegedly, Russell Wilson stunk. Uh, maybe he needed more sleep. That only leaves five hours of sleep, and you probably got to eat for some of it. He's got children. He's got a really hot, famous wife that I'm sure needs more than just 10 minutes of attention. What What could you even... There's a girl on 
Bravo right now, who her nose job got messed up. And she said her doctor told her to do these like nose exercises where she basically puts her fingers in her nostrils 14 times a day. And I'm like, no, whoever is consulting on her rhinoplasty and Russell Wilson's finger is a quack. Like we need to get them on Dr. Death because they are not real MDs. I just love how that was the story coming out of Seattle last week. It was like, nobody has ever rehabbed this significantly for a finger except Russell Wilson. Like, I hope he had like a little sweatband on. Maybe it was like going back and forth. Like, I just can't even imagine what you're doing. Is it hooked up to a machine? What? I mean, it would have been, I would have bought the 19 hours a day if he at least had a halfway decent game. But 19 hours a day, all of this publicity about this rehab and he stinks. Yeah. There's just no way. I think um, the story was overblown and sometimes you just have to eat crow and I think the story blew up right in their face. If you think about it just as like, um, from what we know about finger injuries and what we know now about COVID, which is what Aaron Rodgers was coming back from, full-blown, unvaccinated COVID, my money was definitely on Russell to play better. And Aaron Rodgers seemed like COVID didn't even affect him. I mean, it, it was a little bit slow to get started, but then he's in the snow. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even be in the snow. And I don't have COVID, knock on wood. What the hell is I, uh, Modern medicine, it's like, uh, it, it, it's truly starting to, to baffle me, these injuries and the way people are coming back from them or not coming back from them. Like Russell Wilson, I hope, is embarrassed. Well, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a choice. He had to play well. Otherwise, it was over for him. He just, he had to. Um, And hell or high water, he did. I mean, I think he was just absolutely refusing to give COVID or the vaccine any props at all because he was immunized. And, you know, he would have been the laughing stock of the internet if he did not. He already was, but I guess it's sort of, yeah, it does. And, like, he saw Jordan Love play, and as did we. And so, yeah, he, he came back he came back with a vengeance. My sister-in-law is a huge Packers fan, and so I happened to call while she was watching. And it's one of those things where, like, she's happy, but she's also still mad. You know, like, it's, it's bittersweet to be back rooting for this man who, like, did blatantly lie to them. Well, I think everybody kind of thought of Aaron Rodgers, and they were like, well... You know, he's estranged from his family, which is like a a big red flag. Well, he's a little obnoxious, but at least he's like quietly a weirdo and he's quietly obnoxious. And then this year he was all kinds of weirdo and obnoxious right in our face. So now we all hate him. Yeah. I wonder if now you're bringing up the family. It's like, does he have any incentive because his sort of public persona has taken a massive hit to try and get back together with them. I think it's been too long. Oh God, I hate, especially around this time of the year, I hate when families are estranged. Unless it's like, you know, the family is Jeffrey Dahmer or whatever. But if it's, I, I just, I don't even, I, I don't fully know what it was in that episode, that season of The Bachelor was so fascinating to watch it his was. brother be on because you knew they casted him because he was Aaron Rodgers' brother. And then they were like, we don't even know you guys hate each other. So it was so like layered, but I want them to come back together. And I know Shailene's not going to be able to 
be the voice of reason. But um, yeah, I wonder if there's a PR person working overtime trying to make some sort of Christmas miracle happen. But Rogers doesn't care, too. So. No, he does not care. It's it's not going to happen um, for Aaron Rodgers. But speaking of quarterbacks that are, um, you know, elite, Tampa. <laughs> He did not look so great on Sunday against the Washington football team. And Megan, it was my absolute favorite version of Tom Brady because we got to see him be Mr. Sulky McSulk Sulk. He was very upset on the sideline and nothing makes me happier than a pouty Brady. And this is against the Washington football team who they're not the worst, but they're not the elite of the NFL right now. And so they must have his number. I mean, I keep thinking, too, as as the Chiefs come out of their skid and maybe it seems like Tampa Bay and the Rams are sort of entering in a skid. It's so long. The season is so long. And even though one game was at it, it feels so much longer that, like, is it just inevitable that every team at in the top echelon is going to have a few weeks where they're just stinky time? Well, I wonder because we saw what happened, obviously, to the Ravens on Thursday night, losing to the Dolphins, which is not good. And I always thought the Ravens, I mean, throughout the season, I thought that they were one of the more legitimate teams. And then, obviously, Thursday night, while everybody's watching, they show us that they're not as good as we think they are, or maybe they Mm -hmm. just had a bad week. Yeah, I just, you know, my little sweetie Colts have won... Have been on like a hot streak, and so it it just this this season Sunday was blowouts and people losing that we didn't think we're gonna lose. I do feel for the Washington football team and Chase Young um, last year, a, like standout rookie, and tore his ACL, and you just hate seeing that. So even though they win, they suffer a massive loss. Um, their defensive powerhouse. Um, but yeah, you obviously take great joy in watching Tampa lose. I have Mike Evans on my fantasy team, so I know what a bust he's been. Um, people are, people are starting to turn. People are going, nope, they're not, they're not going to win the Super Bowl again. They're probably not even going to win the NFC. You know more than anybody else I know about the inner workings of Mr. I don't eat tomatoes head. What do you think? Tampa Bay, where do you think they're going to wind up at the end of the season? I eye roll through all of this because the big <laughs> news out of Tampa this week was like, oh, Bruce Arians is throwing Tom under the bus because they asked about the two interceptions. Like, you know, was that on Tom or was that on the receiver? And it's like, no, that was on Tom. Mm-hmm. And nothing really goes up Tom Brady's keister more than when a coach throws him under the bus um, because it is Tom's team. We all know. Um, He is calling all of the shots in Tampa, and Bruce Arians is just the figurehead. So um, I'm surprised they didn't get OBJ because I thought Tom Brady would kick and scream and yell until they got OBJ because he needs all of the weapons. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn it around. I don't think this team is what they were last year, so Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're going to win a Super Bowl. I do think they'll win their division. They'll be in the playoffs, but I don't think – I think coming back – to reality will happen for them. And especially, like, Gronk is Brady's binky. He mm-hmm. needs his mm-hmm. Gronk. Mm-hmm. And he needs his Antonio Brown. But um, I, I, Brady just, 
I get it. He's the GOAT, and I hate that you can't say anything bad about him because he's the best player to ever play the position. And he is. He is all those things. But he's just so annoying. Mm-hmm. It no, just, I, I agree. I, I mean, it's agree. like, like look, Le- it's the same thing with the NBA. LeBron James, like, I respect the hell out of him, but, like, he's so annoying. <laughs> Isn't he? He's, just, like, how he's the general manager of the team. He calls all the shots. Same thing with Brady. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems like when Tom first got there, at the beginning of last season, Bruce Arians, who I am a huge fan of because he used to be with the Colts, and I just love a large white man in a Kangol hat. That is a weak spot for me. And he would he started last season by throwing him under the bus, and everybody was like, oh, is this going to work? So I don't know if that's him being like, listen, I got this. I know how to handle this dude now. And playing some sort of reverse psychology with him. And obviously, yeah, Gronk and Antonio Brown have been out. And Mike Evans has just been nowhere. I mean, he was better before Brady was on the team. This season has been mm-hmm. a major, major disappointment. So who is he screaming at? I don't know. And two interceptions. I mean, that that Washington football team... Uh, defense is good, but yeah, not looking great. Also not looking great are the Rams, who have now dropped two in a row. They stunk it up on Monday Night Football last night. Um, And again, is this just, we're in that stretch of the season? Matt Stafford has not looked good. People comparing him, his stat line to Jared Goff. I saw someone tweeting, Matt Stafford is playing like what people thought Carson Wentz was. What do you think is happening there with Sean McVay and and the Boy Wonder? Oh, I love that you refer to him as Boy Wonder because I always call him Wonder Boy. Mm, First, I mean, look, people argue with me argue with me about this all the time. I think Sean McVay is so overrated, mm-hmm. and everyone is like, "No, he's done and he's done it." But I think. In general, a lot of these young coaches are overrated. Like Kyle Shanahan. I know he got the win yesterday, but look what happened the week before. Uh, is he a good coach? I'm not willing to just say that he is the answer to winning in the NFL. Sean McVay, yes, he's had more success than Kyle Shanahan, but why do we already crown these people and like put them in the Hall of Fame when they're so young in their career? And I get that McVay is a likable coach that players seem to gravitate towards and they like him and he's relatable but I mean the move they made this offseason to get Matt Stafford was like all right Mm -hmm. they're gonna dominate Mm -hmm. and And they've been underwhelming wow okay see I think they've been um pretty and maybe this is just the difference between living in LA and living outside of it I think they've been really good and I and Obviously, they beat the Colts, and you've seen them sort of Madden-style beat teams, and now it looks like they've teams have figured it out. Um, and will McVay be able to adjust to being figured out is the question. Um, I also think Stafford hasn't played in a lot of big games, and now exactly. that he's in big games, I mean, we saw last night there was just a lot of boneheaded decisions he made. Yeah, yeah, you're, and that's sort of the point that a lot of people have bring, been bringing up. Like, listen, th- yeah, you want them to go to the Super Bowl? He's never even been in a playoff game, and yeah. that's a whole different that's a whole different world. This is where Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> wound up. Um, of course, he wanted to be in Los Angeles. Uh, wow, and all the memes already saying he wants out of there, and his dad hates Stafford. 
Does Odell need this to work to save his reputation? Well, I love how his dad comes up instantly. Like, what is with all these athletes and their fathers? Like, well, I mean, I'm staying with my parents for two weeks. So it's like, who am I to judge? I love my parents. And I can't even imagine if I was tackling people, they would be so on my side. Um, But... Yeah, I um, I was really sad with how the Odell um, Brown's relationship ended. I and and we've seen that now, and and I like Odell. And then you hear people bring up the good point of like, why is he famous? Why is he considered an elite receiver? What has he really done? Um, and it's not a terrible point that they're making. And now he's at his third team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a team that has sound leadership um, and and Aaron Donald and Matt Stafford and the coaching staff. It's it's not a team that you would go, oh, this is a mess. This organization, they don't know what's going on. And you could kind of say that about the Giants in some way and some um, some of his time with the Browns. But if if he can't make it work with the Rams, it does start to be like. Hey, OBJ, you're the common denominator now. Yeah, I agree with you. I like to think, and look, if you found out the Colts signed OBJ, what would your reaction be? I would be excited. I honestly would because we don't have a lot of wide receivers and T.Y. Hilton is old and I'm not playing great. Um, and I think there's not a lot to do in Indianapolis, having been here now for four days, that <laughs> I don't know what trouble he could get into. But I wouldn't, um, but he, but it's even funny even saying that he's a type of guy that the Colts would never sign. They just never bring in guys like that ever. So if the Patriots signed him, I would be, I would, I'd be over the moon. I'd be like, oh, this is going to work. This is the answer. This is what they needed. Belichick finds a way to like get through to people. You know, it would have, it would have been a Randy Moss situation. Um, Yes. So you, he has a track record of being able to do that and players coming to um, New England and him being like, no, 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 no. You know, it's my way or truly get out. And it kind of feels sort of like tough love, you know, when kids would like go on Maury and be like, I'm bad. And then they get sent places and a drill sergeant screams in their face. Like that's what I'm imagining getting traded to New England is like, but (laughs) LA it's fancy. It's the showbiz capital of the world. There's obviously a reason he wanted to come there. It's very different than Cleveland, very similar to New York, where he did have the most success. I don't know. I don't know. I hope I see him out. You know, that's like my main thing. I'm like, ah, I'd love to like <laughs> eat next to him at a restaurant. I think he's so handsome and I love his hair and his style and his body and everything. Well, I think this could happen. I mean, you ate at a restaurant the same restaurant as Shailene while she was there. Oh, yeah. So you could definitely run into him. Oh, they're they're out and about. Um, Okay, moving on to... Well, uh, we're going to save your great news for, for our last NFL story. Okay. But the Lions didn't lose, and that is exciting. They tied... Um, which I actually hate that it happens in the NFL. I think it's very strange um, and not good for like playoff and everything. But they did tie. What do you What do you make of this tie? Well, I'm with you. I hate the ties. I wish that they did what college football does and just 
keep going over time after over time after over time. And a lot of people think it's silly, but I think it's so much fun. And for the gamblers who listen to our show, what more would you like if you have the over than extra overtimes, right? Yeah. How college football does it. Yeah. But people and for fantasy, too. Think, yeah, it would be great. Um, I just feel really bad for Lions fans, and oh. I feel... <laughs> I feel bad for their head coach, Dan Campbell. I just, mm-hmm. um, I just, I, I, when he cried, it really spoke to a lot of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you were in that situation, do you think you would cry? Oh, if I was a head coach, I'd cry every day. You know, just from like lack of sleep and having to like eat weird food. But no, I, I do think he's crazy. Like I think, 100%. but I think in order to be an NFL coach, you have to be crazy. But he's just more open about how crazy he is. He yeah. lets us into the crazy. He looks like the NFL made him in a factory to be a head coach. Like, no one has ever, like, he's got, like, high school head coach vibe. He's got college. Like, he just, I would I would follow him into battle. You know, he's got, like, a Braveheart-esque vibe to him. I do feel, I know a lot of Lions fans. Um, and I obviously really dislike Pistons fans because of the malice at the palace. And then my heart really softens when they start talking about the Lions. A lot of people I love care for the Lions. I do not know how they do it because I know a lot of Browns fans and I always thought they were delusional and they still are, but they have had tastes of success. They won a playoff game last year. They've got things to root for. The Lions, it's maddening. And then every year on Thanksgiving, the entire national stage watches them. They embarrass themselves every year. They have had good players and it's just, it's, I don't know why we don't talk about how there's a curse on them. Like, uh, the go- We talk about the Manning curse. We talk about, you know, how the Cubs yeah, we talked about the we talk Cubs, about All coat. of these curses, we it's never, like- ever, ever talk about the Lions. And I think that's a good point. What happened there? What did they do? Because they need to fi- figure out what the curse is so they can voodoo it out of them. So it's like, you got to identify the ghost and then you got to talk to the ghost and then you got to get the ghost to leave. But I do hope they win a game. I hate when teams go- Owen. I mean, they're not going to go Owen. Well, they're not going to lose them all. So that's good. They're not going to be in that group with the 16 Browns and Dan Marino and all of those other teams who lost them all. So that's good. But if I'm a Lions fan, I I still don't feel great about it. I do think they will win a game. I don't know when. I hope it's Thanksgiving. That would be nice. I would love for it to be. I think that would be amazing. And it would make me happy for all of my friends, like sometimes I'll text them because they, they are up. Like that's what's crazy. They are leading at halftime in these games. Not everything is a blowout. And you go, oh my God, are they going to do it? And then it never happens. So it's always like the most heartbreaking way. And well, and they had it like all of, all of the signs are pointing to Alliance victory because Ben Roethlisberger was out and it's like, okay, yeah. They can do this. They can do this against the back of quarterback. They got this. And it looked promising for much of it, but they just, they couldn't pull out a win. If you are the head coach of the Lions, what are you saying to the team? Oh, if I'm Dan Campbell, I'm like, I'm suiting up. You know, he's big. (laughs) He's got great energy. He seems like he, he could play. 
I, I think they would, I bet, I bet he tackles guys in practice, you know, like I bet he's got, and like, no I bet he like hits people and it's like that Andrew Luck clip where he's like, that was awesome. Um, so I do think that bodes well for them. It doesn't seem like he's lost the locker room. It's just gotta be so demoralizing to be on the team. Like I think about their wives and their kids, they just like lose and lose and lose. And then they come home and they're like, how was it? And it's like, it was terrible. Um, and now it's cold as shit. I'm sure Detroit is gray every single day. It's just brutal. Ugh, I hope they win. Yeah, that sucks. If you get drafted to the Lions, you're like, do I have to go? <laughs> Someday they're going to win. It can't last forever. It might not be in our lifetime, but maybe it'll happen. Okay, a, a team that is not in fear of losing right now is your former employer, the New England Patriots. Wow. Um, and Mac was making the news last week, and it wasn't for good stuff. And he seems to have answered his haters. Me, one of them. Uh, You're a hater? You know, I, I, I'm not a hater. I just always think about him in that shirtless picture. And it's yep. just so, like the antithesis of what a quarterback looks like to me. Um, And it it just, like, makes me giggle. And I do think what he did was a little dirty. Um, That, and he's just on the Patriots, and I loathe the Patriots. I get that. I get that. Um, But I'm happy for you. Thank you. I'm. I like to see a rookie quarterback have success. I think that's always good to see. I mean, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling... Phenomenal. Mac was almost flawless on Sunday. And that deep throw he had to, I believe it was Kendrick Bourne, the touchdown, that was the moment I will look back on 10 years from now and be like, that's when I knew Mac Jones was good. That's when right he was then. born. That he, he was. He was born right there. This game going in, I was like, all right, here's where we find out if the Patriots are legit or not. Because they were riding high on a couple of wins, the win in Carolina. But, you know, they, they hadn't really beaten any substantial teams I'll say I mean I don't know Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers wasn't really buying it but I mean it's still a solid win on the road I get it but to beat Cleveland a team that was hot Mm -hmm. coming in and there were a bunch of rumors that way back when Belichick wanted Baker Mayfield so he was allegedly going to trade up to go get him and then obviously he didn't and now he has his guy Mac Jones going up against Cleveland, his old team, mm-hmm. and they not only win, they dominate. Like, I fell asleep when Brian Hoyer came in, which I felt really bad about because no, Jacoby Myers, who is my favorite, my favorite Patriot, got his first touchdown, and I missed it. I was asleep for the whole you thing. Can, you can't watch Brian Hoyer. That's a that's lights out for sure. Um, do you? Who do you credit the success to? Would Mac be doing this if he was on another team? Or do you think Belichick is able to bring this out of? Because we haven't seen Belichick with a lot of young quarterbacks as of late. Obviously, he had Brady for so long. Um, Is it, it, yeah, what is, who is the key? Who deserves the credit? I think there's something to be said about the Belichick-Saban relationship. And I Mm -hmm. think it's been less of a transition for Mac because Belichick and Saban are so similar. So I think Saban deserves a little credit for this. And I just think Mac's adjustment to life in the NFL um, hasn't been as drastic as some other places. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that, I'm reading too much into that, but it's brought up all the time. It's like Belichick and Saban are friends. Belichick and Saban yeah, coach yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. So I think there's something there. And in the in the long game, obviously Brady won the battle last year um, by did. winning the Super Bowl, and the Patriots are definitely not. Um, who do you think now that you've seen Mac play? is going to end up winning the war. Oh, the Belichick versus Brady? Like, who's responsible for 20 years of success? Or who just, like, who ends up... Is it it Tampa or is it Belichick and Mac? Like, who's going to end up having more success? Hmm. This is tough. Because my heart says to go with Belichick and Mac. But... I think the realistic answer is probably Tom Brady and Tampa. Okay. But it could it could all go south because I mean he is he is sort of selfish. He is in his sulky McSulk sulk phase, and mm-hmm. sometimes when Brady goes there, it's hard for him to come back. So it just depends. I need to see a couple more weeks. I do think obviously Brady stuck it to them last year, and I mean just for the record. It's way too late to figure out who's responsible for the success. It was Brady or Belichick. It's a combination of the two of them, but I like how we're keeping score. I would mm-hmm. say Belichick has a ways to go, but if they win the Super Bowl this year, hey, all bets are off, right? Don't you think yeah. they're even if the Patriots win the Super Bowl this year? I actually think the Patriots are ahead then. Because to do really? that with a rookie quarterback, that's so insane. You know? That's and like true. he went to he went to Tampa Bay because that was a team filled with weapons that could win immediately. And that yeah, is and he not what any more. of us would say about this New England team. Um, my beloved Colts and the Tampa Bay Bucks play not this Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Are you gonna be rooting for the Colts? Yeah, absolutely. I always root against Tampa. Amazing. Thank you so much. We're going to be so excited to have you. Um, okay, so that that wraps up week 10 in the NFL. A confusing, exciting, and wild week. And it does have good drama. One little um, news story that I do want to touch on is that John Gruden is suing the NFL and Roger Goodell personally that broke last week wow okay um I'm on the side of chaos so when I first saw it I was like Gordon come on just take your 90 million and go away and then as I started reading takes about it people were like yeah but this means in discovery that those 650,000 emails will have to be released if the NFL doesn't settle so it seems like it would be in the best interest for the NFL to pay John Gruden to just go away or else their dirty laundry, which we all assume is there, is going to be released. Where, where, do, you, where do you fall on this? I want to see the dirty laundry. Like, let's go to court. I need to see it. I want to see all of the other... Um, owners and what they said. I mean, we can read the whole thing about Deflategate. We can read all of these other reports and we can't read this one. There's got to be some juicy stuff here if they're keeping it from us. And it's just hard to be like, by wanting it to come out, then it means we're like on John Gruden's side. I'd like for us to reiterate, we are not on John Gruden's side and we are not on the NFL side. We are on the side of chaos and drama. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) So you want it to come out as well? Um, not... I do, um, as long as it's, like, funny. I don't want... I was, like, very... I felt really bad for Carl Nassib. And I felt bad for me as a female 
NFL fan hearing this man speak about us. And I felt bad for um, the players that he was being racist against. Did I feel bad mm-hmm. for like him calling Goodell a pussy? No. But I don't want there to be more hurt that comes out. Um, but if it's just like people being truly, truly boneheaded and victimless, victimless crimes, then yes, I want that. I think we should have a count come out on how many times Goodell was called a pussy and by who. Oh my gosh. I, I'm i imagining it was only John Gruden and that's why his got leaked. <laughs> um, and I think that's what John Gruden is saying in his lawsuit too. Like I was the only one who had <laughs> yeah. the courage to call yes. Goodell a pussy. <laughs> to call another grown man a, a pussy on a work email. What a dumbass. <laughs> and we'll be right back after this quick break. Okay, so that's our NFL roundup. Um, The NBA, I don't know. It hasn't been that fun yet. (laughs) Maybe that's because I live in Los Angeles and it's Well, it's been fun for me. I mean, the Bulls are fully back. And last night on Caruso night in L.A., which, first of all, I think was absolutely ridiculous. Like, they had an Alex Caruso night in LA and it was legit like I saw it all over Twitter like oh it's Caruso night and I'm like they can't be serious can they and I'm watching the broadcast and they said and we'll stay here for the commercial break as we play a video to honor Alex Caruso I think he was on the Um, team for two years like it's (laughs) happening well he's also beloved because he's the goofy looking white guy who plays way better than any of us thought that he could so like we just have an obsession as American NBA fans, that we are drawn to the goofy-looking white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the NBA only. Um, yes. And yeah, I don't know if that order comes from Jeannie Buss, and she's just, like, a sweet, nice, fun lady, or if that's, like, LeBron. It's, it's, oh, no, it's from LeBron. I think okay. LeBron runs the in-stadium media because the best part of the Alex Caruso tribute video was when it cut to LeBron and then the LeBron parts. And then as soon as it's over, LeBron stands up and gives Caruso a hug. So you know LeBron found whoever's in charge and is like, this is the video you're playing, and you must include me in the video. Then I kind of like it. I think it's nice then and silly. Um, my husband went to the game, and he is a he thinks our child's going to be a Pacers, Bulls, and Lakers fan. That's how much he loved. But he was wearing Lakers gear. Um, he's devastated that Caruso is gone. DeMar DeRozan played amazing. Um, the Bulls embarrassed the Lakers. Um, I mean, the Lakers are kind of embarrassing themselves. LeBron did not play. He's taking the most time off he's ever taken. I feel like I've never seen him take time off and he's barely playing And we don't really know why. He has like a discreet injury. I think he's just old and I think he knows that. But I do think the longer that they are sitting around 500 and struggling, the more incentive he has to come back. But then, because like... They went into the playoffs last year so ass backwards, and then they lost in the first round. It's like that can't really happen again. Russ keeps throwing it into the stands. Um, the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls look amazing. Um, Caruso on Caruso night scored zero points, which right. I also find hilarious. Lonzo went off, and by the looks of it, you would have never thought that Lonzo played for the Lakers. LeBron was like, "Who are you?" Have I met you yeah, before? Yeah, I and mean, then he played with him longer than Caruso. I know. And he had seven threes last night, which I was very happy for Lonzo. I mean, he's really turned things around since leaving L.A. Yeah, I am a um, 
I'm an entire Ball family apologist. I even like the dad. I watched their entire Facebook series, <laughs> and I have like a sweet spot in my heart for Big Baller Brand, and they're all really lovely to their mom who suffered a very traumatic stroke. And so I root for all of them. Jello, not in the league. Love him too. I know that he's the one that shoplifted in China. We all make mistakes. Um, but I, I am happy <sighs> the Bulls. Um, but it is, they are in the same division as my Pacers who are struggling, but they're definitely the feel good story so far of the NBA. They're a likable team. Um, my husband, noted Lakers fan of only two and a half years, was walking to his car and ran into a very famous Lakers fan, um, Flea, of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, and they started chatting, they started getting into the X's and O's of what's going wrong with the Lakers, and my husband asked Flea, what do they need to do? And Flea simply said, they need to play defense. Do you think it's as simple as that? Um, I think defense would help. I think Russell Westbrook needs to start getting in more fights because that's really what invigorates him and brings out the best in him is when Russ is fighting people, he's at his best. Um, I think AD, he's now the leader of the team, but I think he struggles to lead without LeBron. Oh, I think the 100%. whole team is kind of confused what to do when LeBron's not on the court because yeah. LeBron tells everyone what to do, and he's constantly watching them mess up, mm -hmm. and they're just nervous of upsetting their dad, LeBron. I am happy for Melo. It's great to see him have this resurgence. I do have to watch a lot of Lakers games, and I have never seen a big man missed so many threes in Anthony Davis. It's like maddening. It's like, you're so fucking big. Just go to the basket. Just run yeah. over people. Um, and obviously, I don't think Frank Vogel can tell Anthony Davis what to do. But I worry for Frank Vogel's job because it's really managing these mega stars right now. And then you throw in kooky land Dwight Howard. And we've seen Dwight NAD get into it multiple times. And it's just like, what what is going to be the breaking point? And you look at the Washington Wizards who have the, the castaways of this Lakers team. And they're number one in the East. How the fuck did that happen? So I don't know what this team is going to look like after the trade deadline. Oh, because it is, it's pretty rough right now. And LA, they'll turn on you. Um, they're not going to turn on LeBron, but I've been hearing Russell get kind of snappy in some interviews, which I like. I love Westbrook and I love when he's um, being the most Westbrook, but it does seem like they just can't, get out of their own way at this point. And I don't know if it's just LeBron maybe being like, I got to play more. Yeah. Le they need LeBron back. I mean, LeBron, he's, he's the coach of the team. If, if Vogel wants his job, he's got to figure out a way to get to LeBron and figure out a way to get to the team because he's calling all the shots. Yeah. Okay. Um, the West is being just pretty much dominated by the Warriors at this point. Yes. Um, and Steph Curry. Um, oh, I love him. Wait, I have a question for you that I, I think that you'll really like. Would you rather be adopted by the Curry family or the James family? James. Really? Um, yeah, because I'm not trying to go to church. And um, I know Aisha can cook, 
but I they they are way too into Jesus, and I just would be like, nah, I'd rather be in Space Jam. Thank you. See, I think I'd rather go Curry's because one, the the cooking, as you mentioned, but also Steph is so good at everything he does, and not saying like LeBron isn't, but like going golfing with Steph Curry as your dad, like he's just he's so cool, and Riley's so cool. All their kids, like everything about them. I mean. It is a good argument, though. Savannah and her kids, they have a, a rockin' TikTok. I'm a big fan yeah. of the little daughter. I think she's really cute. Yeah, and wasn't it that, like, the Currys were going to a church where, like, the priest was, like, very anti-gay? I'm not going to be about that life. Um, so this amazing picture came out of Steph celebrating against your bulls. I know. Um, it was tough. Be- beating them. And I saw the picture. I don't think the picture's that iconic. <laughs> And wow, you're a tough a tough crowd here. I think it's regular. I think it's a regular okay. picture. I don't know. All I'm right. not a huge I'm not a huge Steph Curry fan. I'm a so, bigger I'm a bigger Seth Curry fan than Steph Curry fan. I, I am learning so much about you from this podcast. You're Seth over Steph. Why? Yes. Um, uh, a lot of it is that I was a. I just really wanted LeBron to win in Cleveland, and so they because were because of enemy. marriage. No, this was pre-marriage. I've loved. Oh, I have loved so many men from Cleveland. Um, my husband's not even from Cleveland, but um, my ex before CJ was a Cavs fan. When my mom got him a Cavs. Um, stocking, and then when CJ and I started dating, she bought a different Cavs stocking that was the exact same stocking, though. You know what I mean? Well, she but had she to was... get a new one because exactly. that's not that's exactly not good karma. And then I've loved a whole other man in addition to those men. So I I've always had a really really soft spot for Cleveland and Cleveland sports, and I just I saw the Warriors as like enemy number one. See, Steph might be my favorite NBA player of all time. Like, wow. I love Steph. I have a picture of Steph hanging in my room. It's a NBA artwork. I love everything about Steph Curry. I so also, even though this iconic picture is him beating my bulls, I'm okay with it because it's yeah. Steph. I also get upset because Steph is usually beating one of Reggie Miller's records. Um, and Reggie's, you know, my my number one. So he takes a lot of things from me. And maybe that's why I didn't like the photo that much. I just didn't, I don't know. Like this, I don't know if iconic photos come out of like early season NBA basketball either. It just, the the stakes aren't that high yet. All right. Well, even though you don't think it's iconic, um, our boss, Big Daddy Sal, asked us to come up with the most iconic picture of ourselves. All right. So here's a picture of me. Um, This is in Atlanta. I was there for the Patriots Super Bowl and my boss told me, to go create a story about culture in Atlanta. So I wrote a rap about the Patriots because I wanted to show that Atlanta is a hotbed for rap and hip hop. And I said, I'm going to record this song. And he said, no, you're not. (laughs) I said, I promise it'll be really good. We'll go all around Atlanta. We'll shoot a music video. And he just didn't really like the idea, but I wanted to do it. So I called the recording studio and I got a camera guy and I recorded my rap. And then we went all around Atlanta and shot this music video. And it turns out when I brought it back to my boss, although he looked at me with a very blank face for probably 45 seconds, that felt like 45 minutes, he loved it. And it, it aired everywhere. So here's my rap video. Um, it, it's, um, it's, it's something. 
Wow. You know, wow. Nothing makes me more uncomfortable than um, white women rapping. But as you, as my friend, I, I take it in and I, I th- the balls to do this in Atlanta? When you were filming the music video, were people stopping and staring? Give us the, give us the making the video. Um, my camera guy, Tony Flanagan is his name. He is an absolute gem of a person. He came up to me one morning and said, I found a graffiti filled tunnel, a graffiti filled bridge, and we need to go there. And we went there in broad daylight and basically he just filmed me dancing on the street and I cannot dance for the life of me. So I just kind of had fun with it, uh, threw a couple dabs in, we got a couple of dirty looks, but it was also really cold too. So it was like a quick get out, dance, get the shot, get back in the car, get out, dance, get back in the car type of situation. But I was a little nervous when we went to the recording studio because it was legit. Like there were legit rappers there. There were all of these records hanging on the wall. And I wanted to tell them, I didn't want to offend anybody. So I told them like five times, I was like, this is all a joke. Like, just so you know, like this is, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Like this is, this is just funny about the Patriots and the Super Bowl. And they're like, that's not a joke to us. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I also was nervous because I was like, all right, you know, this isn't live. So I could have as many takes as I want. But I was like, you better nail it the first or second take. Otherwise it's going to get really awkward in here. Yeah. So um, second take. There is a dirty version somewhere um, that has some more swears in it. But um, but yeah, we'll save that for later. Kudos to you, Megan. That is really, you really put yourself out there. And people sometimes say being a stand-up comedian is the hardest job on earth. And I'm going to say, no, I think being a white female rapper is the hardest job on earth. <laughs> well, I haven't come up with any second hits. So maybe <clears throat> more to come. Maybe. Um, so my quote-unquote iconic photo uh, was taken by a professional photographer at my wedding um, when we did the cake tasting. My husband, CJ, who I do love, thought it was a tradition to smash cake in the bride's face, um, the woman who has professional hair and makeup uh, and is the most on edge of anyone there. And so that's what he did. He smeared it all over my face and everyone was truly gobsmacked, very shocked and confused. And so I looked, he's like, he can, he could immediately tell I was upset. So he like put his arms around my waist being like, Oh no, I fucked up. And then I turned to all my friends and family and flipped them off, um, with cake smeared all over my face. And there's a mirror behind me. And so you can see people's faces like, ah, and so you've got like both the angles going. And when I put it on the internet, people were like, this looks like a movie poster of like wedding gone wrong. Um, and, and, and it's like, you know, I feel like it was the best shape of my life. So that's why it's my iconic photo. I love the mirror really makes it. And also I love that your guests are like, they want to laugh, but they're not sure. They're like looking at you like, can we, is this okay? Yeah. It was like, is this going to be her Carrie moment? (laughs) You know, like (laughs) instead of prom queen, she's the bride. Um, Oh, we gotta, we gotta plug the arcade. Oh, we do. um, Which could be your iconic moment to win a gold extra point hat all you have to do is join it is totally free just name email and right now there is the nfl prop bets 
men's uh, football, men's college football. I guess there's not women's called football, but I love that Vanderbilt girl. And then the NFL picks. And then there's also a November special game that's happening right now, too. So just enter free, totally free, gold extra points hat. You got to get it. Have to get it. Um, Okay, well, you probably didn't watch it, but on Sunday night, you were, well, you and CJ were battling it out in the fantasy football world. There was a beautifully produced segment, I don't know if I should say segment, show on CBS. Special special with Adele and Oprah. And I don't know about you, but I love Oprah. I love the tea house garden. I love Adele. I love this setting. I loved everything about it. I don't know if you can tell, but I loved this and I barely watched Sunday night football because my eyes were on Adele and she looked phenomenal and she sang even better. And Megan, do you, did you watch any of this? Okay. So I didn't, but my parents were upstairs watching it and I could hear my mom like dying laughing at one point. And I'm like, is this a damn SNL special? What's going on? But she said there was like a woman who got proposed to, and it was really funny because she had her, um, she had a mask on and then like her ears plugged like she, and then the mask came off. So that's what she was laughing at. It was filmed at Griffith observatory, which is the top of an iconic walk, like a hike that I do in LA if I'm feeling adventurous. So I did love like the promos for it and the sweeping shots of LA. I was actually not watching Sunday night football. I was keeping track of it on my phone, but I was watching one of the most incredible episodes of Real Housewives across any of the franchises. A woman in Salt Lake City got arrested on camera by the NYPD and Homeland Security for fraud and money laundering. This Sunday night, there was a lot going on. So much. This story got buried because of Adele. I didn't even see it. It was crazy. Um, They pull up to a party bus and she had just left. But then we got ring footage of a SWAT team showing up to her house. I mean, I love ring footage because of my my friend has a ring in her house and um, she was pregnant and the whole ring showed her water break on the couch. Oh, my God. They have that video forever. Shout out ring. That's incredible. I mean, yeah, the ring is really capturing not only porch thieves, but just some really amazing moments in lives. I mean, now that's like the new home video. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was downstairs watching that. I didn't even get to succession. Like I have been consuming this. And the thing is it happened like nine months ago. So it's like, we already knew this was happening, but getting to watch it unfold in real time was major. Well, I will just dream of the day that Oprah invites me to her tea house garden. I want to go so badly. Santa Barbara. We should break in. I know. It's right up the street from, I mean, it's an hour and a half from me. And Santa Barbara is just so beautiful. And everyone there is so rich. Well, I'm going to be in LA in December. So maybe we could road trip and okay, yeah. break in and then yeah. talk about it on the podcast. Absolutely. And I don't know, because that looked very similar to where she interviewed Meghan Markle. I think it was. And that's actually not her house. That's another oh. famous person's house because Oprah does not want her house on. So hmm. we can figure it out. Well, I, w- I really want to go to that garden. If I just have oh. tea with Oprah. Oh my garden. God. And just be like draped in cashmere and creams, please. Oh, she's like, 
a therapist. She's just so delightful to watch. And I feel mm-hmm. like everybody loves talking to her. Um, okay, so to finish up our show here, um, Taylor Swift. Are you a Swifty? I am not a Swifty. I love her music, but I, I, I don't end up consuming it um, the moment it comes out. But I, but I love all of it, and I would totally go to a concert, but I, okay. I don't think I deserve title as a, as a Swifty. I was an original Swifty, and sort of when she made her transition, I think Red was the last album I really listened to and got excited about. But I do enjoy the hype around social media, and I do enjoy everybody um, freaking out. And it is sort of fun because these are all re-recordings, so it it sort of brings me back in time to when I listened to it at first. But um, Dionne Warwick is weighing in on... um, Taylor Swift and what is going on here. Megan, what are your thoughts on this whole fiasco involving Taylor Swift? And so her this ex? is what I like. This is what makes me this is what makes me a Swifty. Dion Warwick is saying, Jake, meaning Jake Gyllenhaal, you need to give Taylor her her scarf back. And she's saying this you, you need to put it in the mail and um, you need to pay for the postage. And I just I because it is so funny the the petty things that Taylor is able to like rip a beautiful song from. Um, well, I think Jake can keep the scarf because um, I think I speak for all women here when you say like when you take the sweatpants or the sweatshirt or the mm-hmm. t-shirt from the guy like that's yours. Mm-hmm. They are not getting it back ever. So well, that's not fact- how Dion feels, and maybe that's old school. Maybe he needs to buy her a new scarf. You know, if he has that one, he needs to send her a Chanel scarf. I just think, you know, us us ladies can get away with stealing many pairs of sweatpants and we are just not expected to give them back. I feel like men know it's gone. Like, see you later. They're, uh, oh, yeah. Goodbye. Their basketball shorts are too comfortable. Yeah, they're gone. So I think it's just part of it. You have to realize that your stuff, it's, if you leave it there and you break up. Bye-bye. I, I'm always going to be on the side of Dionne Warwick and I'm sure Taylor is happy that She's on the right side of justice in this. It's a scarf. Can't she get another one? No, she can't let it go. You know, her and Katy Perry stopped being friends over backup dancers. T-Swift is petty. Very petty. I just buy a new scarf. Buy a new scarf. I relate to it. I'm a petty bitch, too. So I get it. Um, Megan, I'm so happy to see you this week. I'm so happy both of our teams won. It feels like maybe the first time that we've just been in a happy mood together. And you are looking glam down there in oh, Florida. I had I had a little friend date today. You know, I moved here to Florida and I don't have yeah. any friends. So it was set up with um, a girl and we got lunch and I had to, you know, dress to impress for the date. How did it so go? So I put a hoopie. Um, it went okay. You know, we had our friend date, Megan. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. we hit it off right away because uh-huh. I realized this girl is just like me. She is also psycho. So we hit it off. Thank you. And um, I mean that in a good way. But I know. <laughs> um, this one, you know, there might be a second. We'll see. Okay. But we didn't, we didn't hit it off right away. Okay. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, my go-to for dressing up is you just put hoop earrings on and yeah. then suddenly you look better. So Mine's a red lip. Um, and I'm glad that I am the friend date gold standard. <laughs> it did okay. work out. Yeah. Um, I'll see you next week for Thanksgiving chat. Ooh, I can't wait till we get into all the turkey and the fun. All right. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>